Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. this season welcome to the IPL show here on TalkSport 2 for the last few weeks we've been bringing you all the stories in action from the UAE as the 13th IPL has been taking place however we're now down to the final 240 balls of the competition Tuesday we'll see the Mumbai Indians taking on the Delhi Capitals at the Ring of Fire in Dubai as the sides that finished first and second after the group stages meet over the next hour the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison and myself Andrew McKenna will be taking a look at the playoffs as the Indians won their way directly through to the final, while the Capitals had to beat the RCB and the Sunrisers. We'll hear from the Camps. The former Rajasthan Royals and Kolkata Knight Riders batsman Abhishek Junjunwala will be joining us for his thoughts. We'll round up the tournament from the English contingent's point of view, and we'll hear from a man that had a massive impact on Sunrisers' season and almost got them through to the final. He is, of course, the West Indies captain, Jason Holder. How are we going to get all of that into an hour? I've absolutely no idea. So we better crack on. It's the IPL show here on Talksport 2. And go they have and finish in stylish and Kishan brings up 200, brings up 50, his fourth of the IPL, and that is stunning. It's not today for Prithvi Shaw, but it is for a man who always, always takes wickets in the power play, Trent Bolt. Over ball, ball, Trent Bolt. Oh, I know where that contest has gone. It's gone once again in favour of Jaspreet Bumrah. Oh, he's got a wicket manufacturing factory in his backyard. A fantastic night for the defending champions, the Mumbai Indians. 
They are in the final once again. This man's got to play a big one. Might just have played a good shot here. 450 to A.B. de Villiers. There. Wonderful use of the feet from Kane Williamson. Gets a four again. Will he, Jason Holder? I think he has, yes. Game over. The Sunrisers go through. They face the Delhi Capitals in two days' time at this venue. Yes, Marcus Stoinis. Yes. It's just that kind of a day for the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Nothing is going right. And the Delhi Capitals have ended their innings at 189 for three. Another one, six more for Williamson. Back-to-back half-centuries for Kane Williamson. He was there at the end in the previous encounter. He would love to be there at the end tonight. Well, a little moment of comedy at the end, but well played by the Delhi Capitals. They batted brilliantly today. Yeah, welcome along. It is the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. So since we were last with you seven days ago, uh, Delhi beat the RCB by six wickets to meant that they finished second. Uh, last Tuesday, the Sunrisers hammered Mumbai by ten wickets to get a place into the playoffs. Thursday saw the first qualifier, uh, Mumbai against Delhi. Mumbai put 200 for five on the board and then restricted Delhi to 143-8 to eight to go straight through to the final. Friday, the Sunrisers got past the RCB in a low-scoring game in Abu Dhabi to win by six wickets to give them a shot against Delhi. And that happened on Sunday. Uh, Delhi scoring 189 for three and then defended it against the Sunrisers of Hyderabad. So tomorrow it is first versus second Mumbai Indians against the Delhi Capitals. Delighted to say the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison is with me as normal. Uh, Harmy, it was a really interesting week, but I guess in many respects we've got the final that I think we probably all wanted and, and probably hoped for as well. First versus second it is probably how it should always be. Yeah, absolutely, Macker. And I think because of the way the teams played, I think in the early part of the tournament, I think we spoke even in the first week of how you know, I, I was sort of licking my lips at how good I thought Delhi were from the youth point of view and you know, having the, the batsman at the top of the order and Rabada Nakia having a pierce. Um, we're always going to be, I thought, there or thereabouts. Mumbai are going to take some beating. You know, let's be fair, they've played Delhi three times so far in this tournament and uh, and beat them all three times quite convincingly. So it's going to be an interesting to see how they go in the final. Um, but it was pretty much as we expected. Did we expect the Sunrisers to finish ahead of Bangalore? You know, Bangalore, again, flattered to deceive. You know, the look at the riches they've got. Coley, De Villiers, Finch, you know, that some proper, proper players at the top there and still didn't manage to get 200, 180, 200 on many occasions. So again, they'll be disappointed, the RCB franchise. But like you said, I think we got the final we wanted, the final that we probably deserve. And yeah, Delhi that we've I've tipped it all the way through as my, my sort of team that I've, I felt would be outsiders. Um, they seem as though they've got back on track from what was probably two weeks ago, Maka, an interesting passage of play for some of these young players because they didn't have it all their own way. They had a little bit of a blip, lost two or three games in a row, and then all of a sudden um, they've, they've come back strong. And no, I don't think there's any coincidence in the fact that Kagisa Rabada has, you know, has had them three games where he didn't really take too many wickets. He went for a few runs. I think he went for 40-odd in one game. 
you thought, oh, I wonder if he's burnt, burnt his bridges, he's burnt out a little bit. But no, watching him yesterday, this kid is right fired up, especially the delivery he got for Warner. And it's going to be oh, interesting, yeah. interesting final. It's going to be an interesting final. Nokia and um, Nokia and, and Rabada with the new ball against the top order of uh, De Kock and, and Rohit Sharma. Don't think it gets any better than that. Absolutely not. You mentioned the, the three games that they've played each other. Uh, the first match was match number 27 back on the 11th of October. Uh, Delhi batted first and made 162 for four. Mumbai chased those down uh, five down with two balls to spare. Uh, the second game was actually match number 51 uh, where Delhi batted first and only put 110 for nine on the board. Uh, Mumbai blitzed their way to so that 111 for one in just 14 overs and two balls. And then the qualifier last week, of course, uh, but slightly different this time. Um, it was Mumbai who batted first, but put 200 for five on the board. Delhi were restricted to 143 for eight. And those two last games, by the way, were in Dubai for what it's worth, seeing as the final is being played in Dubai. Let, let's take a look at um, the uh, the knockout games though over the weekend, and let's start with with yesterday's game between uh, the Capitals and uh, the Sunrisers. And let's talk Shikha Darwin, actually. 78 from uh, 50 balls. Jeez, he played well. But I've got to be honest, he walked for an LBW that was so far outside the line, it would have taken an even an IPL third umpire just six seconds to overturn that. What was going through his mind? We've, we've seen some bizarre ones, haven't we? We've seen some bizarre um, referrals, but we've also seen some bizarre non-referrals so far this tournament. That, again, was up there. He, uh, uh, To be honest, I think he just looked knackered. He looked as though he thought, <laughs> I've had enough here. It might be better off if I'm not in and get sort of Shiver and Eckmeyer and... Yeah, Shirish Ayer, who was going well, let them have a go and have a blast because I think I've run my race. My 50 balls has, has took enough out of me. Um, let's get the big hitters in. And then Hatbay come in and got 42 off 22 balls. So there could have been an element of that. There also could have been an element of the shot he played. He probably, because he was trying something unorthodox, he was trying, he, he maybe just sort of lost his bearings of his feet at, the, at sort of that moment where he didn't know where his off stump was, moving around that much. Um, and that's the only thing I can think of. But I think if he had gone upstairs, um, it would have been a very, very quick comeback to say, uh, not out and carry on batting. Absolutely. They do like a long review in the IPL, but that one would have not taken mm. much time. Uh, we would, uh, we need to mention, uh, Marcus Stoinis, 38 from 27, opening the batting. Uh, let's actually hear from Marcus Stoinis explaining about how it all came about that he ended up at the top of the order. No, Ricky's spoken to me a couple of times about the, the possibility of, of opening the batting. Um, and yeah, it just worked out that that during this game, this was this was the time to do it. Uh, we tried it once earlier where I batted three, um, but it didn't come off. We were chasing about 220, so uh, yeah, fortunately it worked tonight. Well, Harmy, sometimes when you've got to get an extra bowler into your lineup, someone has to make a move, and then therefore there, there needs to be a bit of a reshuffle. Is that a gamble that worked? Do you think as a one-off basis, or do you think that's something that the Capitals will be revisiting in the final? Uh, I'm not sure. I think with the, the, I think the wicket might have played a big part to it. I think rewind to Friday um, in the, the 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 qualifier between Sunrisers and. RCB. For the first time in the tournament, Virat Kohli decided he was going to open a baton instead of Aaron Finch. And I just wonder if it had something to do with the surface where the, the best time to bat on it was actually against the new ball. 
the ball probably was sitting in the pitch in there as and when the sort of power player finishes and maybe the RCB thought, you know what, it's best off to get our best batsmen up the order and see if we can get them to face literally as many balls as we can from ball one. It didn't work for Virat Kohli. It didn't work for the RCB. I just wonder if that was a case of, again, Ricky Ponton thought that for Marcus Stoinis. The best time for a, a, a strike a player that's going to hit the ball hard and try and hit the boundaries, especially with two men inside there, two men outside the circle. It could just be this uh, the surface that the hard ball or the harder ball might be easier to hit. So the person that hits the best and the cleanest goes in first. RCB tried it with Coley, which didn't really make sense because they got Aaron Finch and Marcus Stoinis. Has, has done that for Delhi and he got them off to a fantastic start um, and if you think the player he was replacing Ajiki Rahana who moved down the order he didn't even bat he batted it he would have come in at number 6 or number 7 was somebody more of a touch player somebody who would run the ball down to third man try and hit the ball through a sort of cover point coverish coverish region along the ground you look at Stoinis Stoinis can hit the ball 360 anywhere and I think it was a good I think it was a good front foot ploy to put Delhi on the front foot especially against what you would expect, what probably uh, Ricky Potton is expecting, the Sunrisers to go in with two seam bowlers at the top, Sandeep Sharma and Jason Holder. So I think it was a, a good ploy by Delhi and it worked. Whether we see it in Dubai, I think the, the surface will have a big play on it. If Marcus Stoinis does go in at the top, there might be freedom, uh, a free up a role for somebody to come in in the middle order because if Jiki Rahana is not going to go in first, he probably is not worth his place in the side. So you might see a, an extra bowler come in to, uh, to con sort of just balance that side up in the middle order or the lower middle order. Um, you just touched on Jason Holder there. He came in during the tournament, has been absolutely brilliant for the uh, the Sunrisers. We're going to be hearing from him uh, later on, actually, uh, in the show. But he's more than done his job. And although it was a disappointment from our point of view, Kane Williamson coming in for Johnny Bairstow, um, obviously there's only you can only have 11 players in a side, so it was disappointment for Bairstow. But again, Kane Williamson has done such a job for the Sunrisers. And there was that feeling yesterday that while he was there, even though there were wickets going down at the other end, you always thought they were still in with a chance. Yeah, definitely. Williamson was brilliant yesterday. And it is it is disappointing for Johnny. But it was actually yesterday morning before the before the game, there was a little bit of a fitness issue on uh, Priam Gaga. Uh, is it Gaga, the opening Garg. batsman? Gaga, the yeah. opening batsman. So it would be interesting to see how the Sunrisers would go if that fitness test hadn't come through. Because all of a sudden, you're thinking Johnny has to play if Garg misses, Johnny has to play. There's no other way of getting you know, off to a, a start like, like the Sunrisers have been going. And that would have meant Jason Holder would have missed out. He would have to have come out of the team because if you think, well, they're not going to drop Kane Williamson. Davey Warner's captain. We've had this conversation mm. three or four weeks in a row on this conversation. And Rashid Khan has to play. So Holder would have to miss out. But it's interesting to see how it'll be interesting to see how Johnny goes from here and whether he tries to whether some somebody tries to nip him away from the sunrises because he was fantastic last year. Missed out back end of this year, but I could understand why. I think Kane Williamson's been brilliant since he's getting over his hamstring injury. And I think Jason Holder probably been the player of the tournament, back end of the tournament, the last sort of six group games, five or six group games. He's probably been one of the best players in the tournament from like a balance of the side point of view. So it's unfortunate for Johnny. And again, Kane, I just thought he was, I just he just ran out of partners. When Samad got out, I think when, yeah, Abdul Samad got out, as of that was it, game over. But while he was there, along with Kane Williamson, he, he, put, he 
pick up pull and he pick up pull off Nokia and then he, he, he hit him I think he hit him down the ground for a six and a four. And I thought, I oh, just wonder if this could be the over. I think it went for about sixteen, seventeen. This could be the one that really gets Sunrisers over the line here because Williamson was looking so good. But when Samad got out, a lot of pressure on Williamson and obviously they just completely capitulated from there. Absolutely. So Mumbai, by the way, are the four time winners of the competition but they've never won it in back-to-back seasons. What has happened is they win it one year and then don't the next. And by the way, they won it last season. So is this Delhi's best chance? Although, in fairness, Mumbai have already um, improved on their records because normally when they win it one season, the next season they either finish fourth or fifth. Mm. So they've already beaten that. And Chennai win it. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can take into that whatever you like. Uh, so as I've mentioned, uh, stay with us because um, Jason Holder has been speaking with uh, Jotty Birdie and we'll be uh, hearing from uh, the uh, the West Indian uh, later on. It is TalkSport 2 and we'll also do our regular feature and a roundup on the uh, English players in the IPL. But we're delighted to say that the former Rajasthan Royals and KKR batsman Abhishek Junjunwala will be uh, joining us next to take a look at the final. Four more. Brilliant. Skrinal Pandya. That's gone for six, is it? It has. And 50 for Harik Pandya. 54 from 20. One of the highlights of this season. Oh, hello. That is miles. Absolutely miles. It's fourth six today for Karen Pola. There it is. Oh, high. Warner watches once again. Gunnar Pandya. My goodness. Four balls, 20 runs, two sixes, two fours. Thank you very much. The Mumbai Indians, explosive top and middle order. It is the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. It is the IPL final tomorrow, of course, the Mumbai Indians against the uh, Delhi Capitals. Delighted to say the former Rajasthan Royals and Kolkata Knight Riders batsman Abhishek Junjunwaller is joining us once again here on uh, TalkSport 2. Abby, thanks very much for your time. Steve Harmison and I, when we were just talking a couple of moments ago, Harmy mentioned that he thought, in many respects, this was almost a case of um, can the Delhi Capitals fast bowlers negate the Mumbai Indians top top order batsmen is that essentially what we've got a, a game here yeah absolutely I think it'll be a good game and after winning the game yesterday it'll give Delhi Capitals a lot of confidence and I think the mistake they made uh, when they played them in the first qualifier was winning the toss and electing to bowl first and putting themselves under immense pressure of chasing such a mammoth total but I think if they were to toss now in the finals, if they manage to do it, they'll bat first and try and put that pressure back on Mumbai Indians. What have you made of the, the recent games? Because you've just mentioned there about winning the toss. There has been a bit of a case that if you win the toss and bat second with the yeah. dew around, I mean, it was almost, not quite as bad as the, the English 50 and 60 over final in September that you win the toss, yeah. stick the opposition in, and you were guaranteed to win. But at times, there were a couple of games it wasn't far off it. Are we going to get a proper game of cricket first and foremost? Yeah, I think it'll be a good game of cricket. And 
obviously they preserved a couple of pitches which they're only using for the playoffs and I'm sure they'll have a good pitch for tomorrow's game which will be I don't think that pitch will play a <clears throat> uh, big difference in back and first or second as you mentioned due yes there is a little bit of due but again if you can put a big total batting first it's always going to be difficult uh, in a match in a final in an IPL final for the team to come up then chase it down so it all depends how you bat first and what kind of a score you put on board and Abby, you talked about the Delhi, Delhi Capitals earlier, about that, that batting order. Do you think the stoyness elevation to the top of the order was down to the surface, probably the best time to bat against the brand-new ball? And if so, do you see there's a little bit of a change in that, in that lineup if the, if the wicket's going to be best to bat on? Does Hetmeyer go up as well, as opposed to Sirish Ayer batting at number three, and there maybe touch players of Ayer and Rahani come a little bit further down the order? Well, absolutely, and I was commentating yesterday, and we we thought, why didn't he use Toynis in in the top of the order? Because he's been doing brilliantly for the Big Bash whenever he got an opportunity, and he's always batted, he's always opened the innings in Big Bash, and it it was surprising that it took them 15 games to realize that they should open with Toynis. And Ajinkya Rahane, I think he'll be somebody will only be used if they lose early wicket to try and settle things down. But once it's five or six overs down, I don't think Ajinkya Rahane is going to get a bat. And regarding Hetmeyer, yes, I think he should come in number three. Because even yesterday when Shreya Shahir came in at number three, he chewed up a lot of deliveries. He took 20 deliveries to get 21. And, and I think that's why Dili were 15, 20 runs short. Looking at the Mumbai batting lineup, I mean, it is ridiculously impressive. Dukok Sharma, uh, Yadav, uh, Kishan, and then you have Pandya and Pollard coming in as well. How would you approach that? I mean, is there a weakness in there? I mean, on, to be honest, I hardly see any weakness uh, in a Mumbai side, and probably that's the reason they've won it four times. And with, the, with that kind of a batting order, on paper, that's the best side. I think that's the best T20 side in the world. You can put them against an international T20 side, and I still think they will beat any any international side. So it's all about and T20 cricket is 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 a it's a game of margins. I think if one over Ramada or Nokia can bowl a spell where they can pick up early wickets and put that pressure on that middle order, then that could be very effective. And the, I think Delhi will need to take early wickets. Rohit Sharma is not in form, which is good news for Delhi. But he's always fi- he always finds a way to turn up on the big occasions. So it's it's a tall batting order, and Delhi should just hope that Rabada and Nokia turns up tomorrow and they pick up early wickets. And I'll be the final. No crowd, so that's going to play, a, I think, a huge part to the question I'm going to ask. Because when you look at it, I've said from the very start, Delhi's looked. A good young, naive side, but somebody yeah. who you know, you know what youthfulness can do. They can they can explode and and do something sort of out of the ordinary. And I think Delhi have done that. Or it's the experience of Mumbai with no crowd being there. Do you think that's given Delhi more of a more of a chance in the final? Or do you Absolutely. think the, the final, the experience of Mumbai, will stand them in good stead of of the big occasion? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I, I said it earlier as well when we were doing commentary that it, it's taken a lot of pressure off players with no crowd. Because when you have 50, 60, 70,000 people when they played IPL in India, it's you know, always that buzz. And if there is a ball coming towards you in, in the boundary line and the crowd is chanting and screaming behind, and if it's a very important catch, it's a lot of pressure. But right now, without any crowd, you've seen some insane catches this in, in this year's competition. And I think that's a lot to do because there's no crowd and there's no pressure as such of that of that atmosphere. And, and that will help Delhi because, they, as you mentioned, there are a lot of youngsters 
who hasn't experienced playing in the final where all the all the players from Mumbai they have won multiple uh, IPLs. So that that definitely gives an edge and advantage to Delhi. You mentioned there that they've won it four times, the Mumbai Indians. They've never won it in back-to-back years, though. How much do you think that will be driving them on? And, and bearing in mind that this year's IPL has been so unusual in the in just all the logistics and everything that's gone with yeah. it, it, it would almost be, um, it, it might be the most difficult IPL to win ever uh, as well. So, so to be able to put back-to-back cha- um, titles together and win it in this incredible season w- would be a real achievement, wouldn't it? It will be an amazing achievement because I've, I've been in touch with quite a few players and it's been very difficult for them to be in that bio bubble and staying away from the family. Most of them are away from the family. And I, I think they're all looking forward to just finish the final and go home. But as you mentioned, yes, back-to-back finals for Mumbai, I think it's very important for them. And they, they would be very, very hungry to do that because, uh, as, as you said, they've always won it in one year's gap and they would want to change it. But... Everyone wants to see a new champion. The Mumbai Indians with four trophies, everyone wants a new champion now. They want Delhi Capitals first time they're playing in the IPL final. And I think most people would want a, a new, new team to come and win a trophy. Uh, you mentioned about going home, but of course some of the players won't get very long at home because, of course, India are heading off to Australia. Yeah. Um, just a word about Surakumar Yadav. Um, has he been unlucky not to, to get himself a place on the, on the plane to Australia? Yeah, I think he's been unlucky for the last four years, not just this year, because he's been exceptional in domestic cricket. If you look at his Ranji Trophy, his uh, one-day records in India, and IPL, he's been exceptional for Mumbai. Before that, he's been very good for KKR as well. So there has to be a reason that he's not getting picked, and he's not somebody who's young. A lot of, like Saurav Ganguly came out there and said he should wait. Same did the, uh, Ravi Shasti said the same thing. But you can ask a 23-year-old to wait, but you can't ask a 30-year-old to wait when he has done exceptionally well over the, over the last four or five years. So it's a surprising uh, selection that he's not there in the side. And I wouldn't be shocked that it is included uh, close to the tournament. Abhishek, so we've got to finish with the really obvious question. Is it going to be the Mumbai Indians or is it going to be the Delhi Capitals who are the champions tomorrow afternoon? To be honest, looking at the teams, I would go with Mumbai Indians again just because of the experience and, and, and the balance they bring to the side. But I, I would like to be wrong on this occasion. I would love to see a new, new team win. Abhishek, thank you so much for joining us. As always, Abhishek Junjunwala, the former Rajasthan Royals and KKR batsman, uh, joining us here on TalkSport 2. And um, if you're not aware, um, although we're not bringing you commentary tomorrow, Harmi and I are going to be here from 5 o'clock through to half past 6 tomorrow to take you through the, uh, the what well, should be the business part of the IPL as the uh, champions are announced. So stay with us on TalkSport 2, 5 till half past 6, and we'll uh, take you through the, the final stages of this year's IPL. But we'll look at the English players in the IPL next. This is TalkSport 2. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Takes the catch, takes the catch. Not happening today for Shivam Dubey. There's that man, Jason Holder, once again. What an addition he has been to this Sunrisers Hyderabad side. Into the attack and a wicket, as is done in so many games. Jason Holder in action for the Sunrisers of Hyderabad in the IPL this year. We'll be hearing from him in a few minutes' time. He's been speaking one-on-one with uh, reporter Jossie Verdi, uh, talking about all sorts of things, including getting into 100 IPL wickets. It's Steve Harmison and Andrew McKenna here on TalkSport 2 once again. Harmi, let's turn our attention now to the, uh, the English players. And, um, well, first of all, we've got to address the fact... Uh, not going to be a great deal of them in the final. Um, how disappointing do you think that's been or have they just been un- unlucky with the teams that they signed for? I think they've been lucky for the teams that they've signed for. I think you, know, the, the, you look at the, the, Mumbai, the Mumbai roster and the Mumbai unit. You know, they've, they've only used 15 players and the, the, four, the five overseas players that Mumbai have used have been at Mumbai for a long, long time. Decock Pollard. Bolt, Pattinson, Coulter, Nile. So, and again, you know, the, the little bit of change at Delhi, but, you know, when you're looking at trying to get into the final, you know, CSK have been quite dominant and Mumbai have been quite dominant and they've always had the similar sort of players who have gone on that journey with them. So I think it maybe is a little bit on the sides that they've played for. I think England players, by and large, percentage-wise, they've, uh, they've, they've done okay, Um Archer been from Archer at the top been absolutely brilliant to probably Moen Ali being the most disappointing because he hasn't played for RCB. But I think by and large the England players can can say well we've done a, a decent job in the IPL this year. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we've mentioned this before, but I think Mo has been particularly unlucky in yeah. the fact that um, he, he went he went and joined um, RCB, but of course then ends up playing this tournament in the UAE where the pitches were far sportier in terms of the fast bowlers than we, we maybe expected. And as a result, had it been a tournament in India... He probably would have got more games, but because it was, it turned out to be great for seam bowlers, well, of course, then your off-spinner's going to miss out. Absolutely, and you're fighting, again, you're fighting with the likes of Finch and De Villiers, so there's two that are going to play every time. So I don't think that RCB conundrum worked with the, the, the batting they had at the top. I think they might have to have some thought on, on where they go for the next auction that comes in. If you go through the England players, Archer, tick, brilliant. Thought it absolutely fantastic. If we can get that Joffre Archer to come to England, I think we've got we we I know we've got a match winner I know we've got a world beater I just maybe he's got to take a little bit give him some time in the England shirt Stokes got a few scores when he got to um, Rajasthan uh, when he eventually got going Butler yeah for me he batted far far too low even Tom Curran I thought he did a, a good job in in Stokes's absence up at, at Rajasthan a massive positive for me on Sam Curran at uh, CSK. Yeah, very, very good. I thought the experience that young man's going to have for coming back and for future tournaments, I think, is going to be is going to be brilliant. Again, with Banton, didn't play, but I think the KKR experience will do him the world of good. And the captain, Morgan, eventually got the captaincy in, in that. Interesting ones are Jordan, who I thought didn't get enough of a crack at Kings Eleven, and Bairstow unfortunately missed out because Kian Williamson Kian Williamson ended up coming back and, and, and scoring some runs at the end but I thought Johnny still had a, a half decent tournament the interesting thing for me Macca when they all the, this all England England front is the players that aren't in the IPL who could get to the IPL and how do we get them in and I think it comes down to can can the can English co- coaches or English type coaches because I'm going to say a few names here mm. who aren't English but been coaching a lot in the ECB system or for counties I think it's interesting if we if they can get into the IPL. I can think of one straight away I played with for 20 years in Paul Collingwood. Um, you, know, you look at someone like Jason Gillespie, will he get a franchise if there's a shake-up? Because of, and, you know, I've been a lot, long time at Yorkshire, a long time at, uh, a brief time at Sussex. Otis Gibson, somebody who else, has been in and around the ECB setup, And Andy Flower, who's there now. So if the, these coaches get into the IPL, then all of a sudden they can... Beyond the on on onto their franchises, onto the you know the the shoulders of the main coach, saying, well, yeah, there's a player in England who is doing fantastically well. Have you not thought about him? And I think that's how we get more players from our shores into the IPL. Yeah, and it also turns into that kind of money ball thing, doesn't yeah. it? Of saying, well, look, actually, we can pick him up really low because no one's even thinking about him, and he'll come in and do us a great job. As you mentioned as well with coaches, I mean, look, uh, uh, Stephen Fleming absolutely loved to bits. But it is time for a change in CSK. And you cannot see Stephen Fleming being back there next year. So that might lead to a couple of other um, chances. But i tell you who would be interesting as well. You've talked about getting extra England players out. Um, now that we're getting to that stage of, of getting in potentially for another auction and another round of contracts, you'd be amazed if no one took a punt on Jason Roy. Yeah. Chris Wokes looks to me absolutely perfect. And Sam Billings would be another one that you'd be looking to get to get back out there. Because, again, he's had some, some time but not as much as maybe his talent actually deserves. Well, like we talked to Mark Wood a few weeks ago, last week, talked about, you know, is it is it as simple as you get your first year being at the right franchise, whether you get a fair crack of the whip or whether you'd never play IPL cricket again? And Mark's was at 
Yeah, CSK fighting against some of the the other more established players. A bit like going into Mumbai. If you're an overseas, they are Mitch McLennan, Chris uh, Lynn and uh, Rutherford haven't gotten a game for Mumbai this year because their their overseas lineup is so strong and is so ingrained in the Mumbai way. That's been the case at CSK. Disagree a little bit on the Stephen Fleming. I think Stephen Fleming will be there. I think along with Mahendra Singh Dhoni, they will still be there and pulling the strings. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just think there'll be a massive change in personnel. And it wouldn't surprise me if I look down my list that I've got here, Jason Roy ends up opening a baton for CSK. Potentially Bairstow moving across from the Sunrisers to CSK to open a baton to replace you know, that Shane Watson, who is not going to play anymore. Sam Billen's been, has been to CSK. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up somewhere like RCB. I look at Chris Wokes. Does he replace someone like Dwayne Bravo at CSK? So mm. you, the, the conundrum like that, the one person that hasn't been mentioned, and I'd love to see him play IPL cricket, and we've mentioned Kim Williamson's name so many times, and that's Joe Root. I'd love to see yeah. the England captain get a goal because I, he, he, he was one of the players of the tournament in the last 2020 World Cup. And I just think if Joe Root went to somewhere like RCB, and you've got Padical, Coley goes in first, Route three, De Villiers four. It's a different it's a different dynamic for that RCB franchise at the top of the order. You've got players that can go hard at it, but you can also got somebody like what Kane Williamson's proven that can keep the whole thing together. And he bowls, you know, he bowls very, very well, I think, in 2020 mm. cricket. So the England captain would be an interesting one. One, would he want to go and play in the IPL? I'm sure he would. Two, would a franchise really take the punt on finding a place for him a little bit like the Kane Williamson style? probably comes down to as well, Maka, where the where the IPL is going to be. Is it going to be in the UAE? Potentially going to look for fast bowlers. Mark Wood might get another sniff. Or are we going back to the to the India bubble and we're going to play on slow turn and wickets, which then you know, somebody like Mohan Ali might get picked up for very cheaply and get another go in in a different franchise and a different makeup. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go. But I can see a lot of England players in the CSK franchise next year, whether it's... I would definitely go for Roy if I couldn't get Bairstow, and I'd definitely go for Wokes to try and replace um, Duane Bravo. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see how things, how things turn out. Because, let's be fair, it's not long until the next IPL comes around. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, right, let's uh, now hear from a man who's had a fabulous tournament. He arrived uh, once the tournament was underway. He got himself into the side with the Sunrisers and has been a major part in them getting to the knockout stages of this year's competition. He is, of course, the West Indian uh, captain, Jason Holder. He's been speaking with uh, Jossie Birdie about his successes. Yeah, it was good to get 100 wickets. You know, I didn't even know my stats, you know, until I saw 100 wickets come up on the screen, but... Yeah, to achieve a milestone in any cricket is significant and, you know, it's definitely a proud moment for me personally. And, you know, here's to, to many more. You know, I hope that I can stay fit and healthy to stay on the park and, you know, be a lot more successful. You know, if I could triple that, you know, maybe get four or five hundred wickets in T20 cricket, I would definitely love that. So, again, the sky's the limit. I try not to put a, a, a numeric figure on anything, you know, just be as open as I possibly can and, and give my best. Talking about staying fit and healthy, what do you think has helped you to get to the milestone that you are? I mean, you had a you've had a successful CPL, like you you won it last season, obviously with um, the uh, Barbados Tridents. This year, it's been a bit awkward. Um, what do you attribute to your success? 
It's funny, man. Um, you know, just being a lot more clear with my plans, you know, particularly when I'm bowling. Uh, batting as well, you know, I just try to simplify the game as I possibly, as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, I've been in some situations which has helped me to express myself. And yeah, being in the situation I was in last game with a, a very calm and composed character like Kane Williamson at the next end, you know, made life easier for me. You know, um, you know, he eased a lot of pressure off of me, you know, by batting the way he did. You know, it's just me feeding him the strike and, and him being really the the guy up in the tempo. Um, I guess the tables would have turned in the last over where, you know, I started the over on strike and I was able to to finish the game off. So, yeah, just just being a lot more calm under pressure, being a lot more clear and decisive about what I want to do. And then the last part of it is obviously executing your plans. And looking forward, you've got the T20 World Cup next year. Um what do you feel about a recall um, back into the West Indies um, side? I know you focused very much. You've always given it um, your all in whatever discipline that you've um, played in. Um, how do you feel about a recall? Or, or is it on your list of um, things to to try and attain? Um, or are you just carrying, going with the flow of whatever comes? Pretty much going with the flow with whatever comes, to be honest. Um, yes, I would love to play a World Cup. Um, for me, I just let my performances do the talking. Um, I think if I'm if I deserve to be there, I'll be there. You know, if I keep doing what I'm doing, definitely I'll be there. And you know, just the way I look at it right now, um, try not to get too distracted or beat about circumstances. You know, I'm more or less trying to control what I can control and and not worry about the things that I can't. Um, and it has been a strength of mine in recent times. So why change it? And I guess the last question that I want to end on um, this is COVID 2019 to 2020 now, um, bubble life. You've <laughs> pretty much lived nearly six months in somewhat of a bubble quarantine. What's got you through it? It has been hard. You know, I've had uh, obviously the West Indies team in England, that was a different bubble. I uh, moved over to CPL, a different bubble. Now here in the IEPL, I want another bubble. Look, it has been very, very difficult, no doubt. It is a new dynamic. It is the new norm. And it's very challenging mentally. You know, you're just being confined into one particular space. You know, you spent a lot more time in, in, a, in one room. And you've seen a lot less of outside than you normally have. And, you know, mentally, it takes, it takes a toll on, on your mind and, and you, you tend to get distracted of what could possibly be, you know, had there not been COVID. And that tends to play on your mind a lot more, knowing that, you know, you've been accustomed to doing one particular thing or living your life normally. I know you're basically restricted. But for me, I've gotten through with obviously just staying focused on, on what's, what's the task at hand in terms of cricket. Then obviously your teammates help you through. Uh, we've had a few activities here and there in the various bubbles that we've had. And then lastly, Netflix. Netflix and and, and lots of Netflix, to be honest. You know, I just kind of watch a few shows and catch up on things that I've never had time to do. Yeah, and then obviously you have your friends and family back home to keep you occupied over WhatsApp. So, you know, I'm just trying to spread it out as much as I possibly can and, and just keep your mind occupied at most, most, most times. Oh, he's got a wicket manufacturing factory in his backyard. Oh, yeah. There you go. That brought him back. Brought him back at the right 
time and he's cleaned up the big man. Bomber strikes, there's hope. There's belief in this Mumbai outfit. Little inside edge, clipped the top of the leg, Bale. Boomer has struck. Oh, no, not today, not today. Jaspreet Boomer has nailed the Yorker. What a bowler. It's one of the matchups of the final. Jasper Brummer taking on Kagisho Rabada. Uh, it's going to be one of the significant parts of it. But of course, when you've also got Trent Bolt, Heinrich Norkia involved as well. And then there's some major bowlers on show. Steve Harmison, though. Um, <laughs> Let's narrow it. Go on, let's do it. Let's have some fun. Jasprit Bumrah against Kikisho Rabada. Which, which, which would you rather have in your side? Oh, that's the difficult, difficult question. I don't. To be honest, Maka, I, I'm, I don't know. I really don't. I could, I can make the argument for both of them. Is there, is there better bowler in the world across all formats than Jasprit Bumrah at this moment in time? Put it in perspective here, he's only played 14 test matches, I think, averaging 20. 58 one day internationals, averaging 25. 49 T20 internationals, averaging 20. And 91 IPL matches, averaging 20. Across the board, is there a better bowler than Jasper Brumra? Probably the closest across the whole thing, because I would imagine... Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, someone like Pat Cummins, you know, having a go at me saying, well, hold on a minute, he's only played 14 test matches. Be careful at putting him, yeah. you know, he hasn't had an injury, he hasn't had to come back from a long-term injury, he hasn't had to play all around the world as such yet. You know, is this comments premature? At this moment in time, Jasper Brumra is probably the best bowler in all formats around the world. Closely followed by Kagisa Rabada, because I think this kid is special as well. But having to pick one or the other, I think I'd probably go with Bumrah for what he gives me at the death with his slower balls and the way he bowls. His Yorkers. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're not too dissimilar, but for me, I think I'd go with Bumrah. But in the tournament, they've been magnificent. Rabada's played 16 games and got 29 wickets. And... Uh, what's yeah, Bumrah, he's only played 14 games, two games less, and he's got 27 wickets. Yeah, there's a there's a fag paper between them, and I think there is in ability across the world as well, and it's going to be a fascinating matchup in the final. Yeah, by the way, why do the IPL, when they do their cap leaders, include the playoff games? Rabada leads the wickets, as you say, but he has played in 16 games rather than Bumrah's 14. Not everyone gets to play yeah. in all of the games. So surely if you include the playoffs, you have to do it as wickets per game. But anyway, that's just a, that's a little personal thing there. And let's hear from Kigiso Rabada, actually, who's been talking about how he just can't wait for tomorrow to come around. IPL is a huge tournament because of the magnitude of players. Uh, the skill level is so high. Um, and you know there's so many fans who watch it's a well-followed tournament so it doesn't get any bigger than this so playing against Mumbai it's a really good team and we're a young team um, and we have a lot of talent as well so it's a big stage and I'm sure you know the guys are, are gearing up to to do their best and hopefully it pays off 
So, we've got a lot of quick men on show in the final. The twirly men, I'm sure, will play their parts as well. I suppose, Harmy, there's little things that we've not even considered at the moment, like um, players' fitness. I mean, let's be brutally honest about this. Ravi Chandran Ashwin hasn't been moving great in the last few days. You know, things like that will come back and have an effect. But when you're playing in the IPL final, you'd, you'd like to think that the, your body seems to be and feels as though it's going to be invincible. Any nicks, niggles, aches and pains will quickly disappear because of, of the, the magnitude of, of what is at stake and you know the game they're, they're going to be playing in. And you mentioned Ashwin. It's going to be an interesting um, match-up there, whether Ravi Ashwin opens the bowling or not. It's... A, you know, whether Shirish Iyer or uh, you know, Ricky Ponton, you know, get the thinking caps on because when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, Sharma, Decock, Yadav, Kishan, you know, the, the, they've all played, you know, Sharma's had a, you know, an average, and I mean an average from Rohit Sharma's point of view, mm. tournament, but the other three have been very, very dominant against, you know, the, you know, the new ball and whether... Yeah, Delhi throw all the eggs in one basket and go, do you know what? Our two 150 bowlers go at first, get it to swing and see if you can get the ball to move a bit like Rabada did with, with David Warner. Fantastic delivery yesterday. Let's see if we can get the weakness. If there is a weakness in the uh, Mumbai baton, can we get Hartik Pandya, Pollard, Krunal uh, uh, Pandya in you know, before they actually want to get in, which is the last sort of six, seven, last six overs when they really sort of explode. So that would, I imagine, would be the game plan. And whether Ashwin bowls first or he bowls in the middle gives him a little bit more holding experience if the ball does start flying about. Army, thanks again for uh, this week. Don't forget, the Cricket Collective this week is a special one because 5 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, we're doing an IPL final watch-along. So uh, myself and Harmy and John Norman will be uh, guiding you through the latter stages of uh, this year's IPL competition. So join us 5 o'clock Tuesday afternoon on TalkSport 2 and we'll take you through uh, all of that. It's been brilliant. Thank you very much for the last few weeks for uh, being with us. Thank you very much to uh, all the guests as well for joining us. And we've brought you some cracking interviews as well so uh, congratulations to uh, Scott and the team for setting all of those up there's been some uh, really really good stuff over the last few weeks there's plenty of cricket coming your way don't forget of course because England and India are getting it on in the new year TalkSport will be bringing you those matches just as soon as we know where and when they're going to be. We're, we're as in the dark as you are at the moment, so uh, as soon as we've got anything to announce there, uh, then, of course, you will be the first to... I always believe what I read, but there you go, that's just me. Thank you very much for joining us. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism, and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.